It's never too late to focus on your social media and marketing strategies. In DSO Connect's Marketing and Social Media Masterclass, Holly and Robin take you through a whole host of ideas to brand your business, build your online presence, and to nurture your customers, either current or potential. Give your studio a strong online presence that will grow your enrollment while cultivating your customers and community. For more information, go to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Products tab where you'll find the Marketing and Social Media Masterclass, which includes an hour of amazing content plus a downloadable PDF workbook, and it's all just $27. Can't beat that. So again, go to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Products tab for the Marketing and Social Media Masterclass with Holly and Robin. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Robin. How are we doing today, Miss Robin? I'm doing all right. You know, <laughs> I feel like that's my answer every week. <laughs> it really is. Doing okay. Hanging in. I mean, what more can we do in these crazy times? It's That's all you can hope for. <laughs> yeah. Another week closer to hopefully being done with this. Oh, then- Lord. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. I feel it's yeah. like it's going to get worse before it gets better. But, um, well, let's introduce our guest. Yeah, so I'm excited about this one. Old friend. I know, an old friend. So we have the wonderful, the one and only Mr. Austin Robertson with us today. Hi, Austin. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm so good. Thanks for inviting me on here. I, can I just say something? What Robin means is we've been friends for a while, not that I'm actually old. <laughs> Right. Like, yes. God. Let's clarify that. <laughs> so let me clarify that Austin is probably just a little bit older than my sons. So he <laughs> could be my son, but we've known each other for several years. And he, when he, we first met, he came to my house and did like a studio deep dive kind of a thing. And I was really considering us kind of like peers, like in the business world and like on the same level. And a couple times he actually talked to me like I was like his mom. <laughs> like, well, you did make me dinner and you took me out to eat and you did all the things that a family would do. I, was, I think I was clearing the dishes away from you. I was like clearing you up and you were like, thanks mom. And I was like, okay, I thought we were like peers. Now I feel really old. And then I thought, oh my God, he is the age of my son. But anyway, he's uh He's doing great things and he's, he's uh, wise for his years. Yes, for oh, sure. thanks. Well, you've been a big part of my story since the beginning. So thank you, Casey, for the invite. This is really, I'm, I was really excited to do this. And, and Robin, thanks, you know, for your support over the last, I don't know, five, six years. So thank yeah. you so much, guys. Casey, back to you. Okay. <laughs> so Austin is the founder and CEO of Studio Suite. And studio owners might know him from his previous endeavors as a studio owner coach. Um, studio Suite is a marketing tool to help studio owners fill spots in their classes and not fill their to-do lists. I love that. So Austin, let's start from the beginning. Tell us about your dance journey, what your dance training was like growing up. And I know that you used to, you owned a studio at a very young age and now you're in the coaching realm. So take us through the journey and and how everything went for you. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think I owned a studio. Actually, I just, I just directed a few studios and and I've kind of worked in 
all the different roles at a studio, I certainly feel like I owned one. I mean, we were laughing before this about how studio owners are therapists and accountants and creative marketing directors and all the, and so it's funny because we can all laugh about that as we know it's, you know, it's so true that you operate in many roles, but my story, and I'll give you the fast version. My story starts when I was nine years old, my studio that I ended up growing up at called the Dance Factory in Topeka, Kansas. They reached out to me because Val, my sister was a dancer at the time. They said, Austin, we really need, we're trying to do a little kid's rendition of Greece. They didn't actually call me because I was nine. I didn't have a cell phone, of course. <laughs> now nine-year-olds do, but we didn't back then. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, side note. So, um, you know, they, they get me involved in the studio and I end up falling in love with dance. I remember just real quick, funny side note. The, the lady who played Sandy or the girl at the time was probably, you know, 14. And, and then they had little kids. Well, they had no other boys. So I was Danny. And at one point in the dance, I had to touch her leg. And to this point in my life, my dance teachers still laugh about how scared and just terrified I was that I had to touch this older girl's leg. And then I had to do like a backwards roll and then probably some cheesy, like it's electrifying, right? So that's where my, that's where my story starts. Fast forward, I end up doing, you know, doing it all through, through high school. I um, was, you know, in the musicals, I was in the band, I even played sports and I danced. And it wasn't until late in, you know, like freshman year that I said, Hey, I can't do all this. So let's, um, let's, let's bring it down just to dance. And I got really serious about dance. And so at the time I started traveling with Tremaine dance conventions as an apprentice. And that really started to introduce me to what it's like to work in the professional world at a young age. And it was a really great opportunity. As far as I know, they still have the program and I'd highly, highly encourage anyone to do that. You know, so I was 16 getting professional training experience. My senior year of high school, I go to Broadway Theater Project. Beyond that, I did um, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines right out of high school, did not go to college. Then I later did a production of Chicago. I sang all that jazz 96 times, not including rehearsals. Um, 96 shows. It was, it was crazy. And uh, Legally Blonde and Hairspray. And so really, my, my dance career turned into like a musical theater profession. But then unfortunately, when I was 24, I ended up having to have what was supposed to be just a minor back operation. The doctor said, oh, you, you'll be able to dance. You'll be able to, no problem. And turns out they went in and it, had to, it was, ended up being a major back operation. Uh -huh. So I come out of this season of my life where I was just, you know, living life to the fullest. I mean, I, I, was, I was living my dream, but this back operation, you know, at the time I felt cut it short. In hindsight, it was a blessing if you look at where I'm at today, I really do feel like it was supposed to happen and meant to happen. Like mm -hmm. Steve Jobs says, you can't connect the dots moving forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Mm -hmm. And I really do feel that way today. But at the time, it was really devastating um, to cut my professional career short. So long story short, I end up going to college. I get a degree in strategic communications. I work for companies like Procter & Gamble and Apple. And then my studio owner who had been there my whole life reaches out and says, hey, I heard you're studying marketing. Can you help me? And I said, well, I don't know if I can help you. <laughs> so we got together over a series of uh, sub Subway sandwiches and we just started talking about marketing. That turned into me building a website for her, running some Facebook ads, and then that grew by word of mouth to help other studio owners. That's, how, that's when Robin got involved when I was in my mid-20s. And <laughs> he's literally known me a long time. And uh, since the beginning, and I started traveling to studios to do these marketing intensives 
I didn't know it at the time, but that was actually kind of solidifying the idea like that this could be a business. I had no intention of making a business. I was just trying to help people and, and help more students find the arts, right? That's what I was passionate about. I wanted more kids to have these amazing experiences that I did growing up. And so I was really passionate about that. That turned into a, a course that now over a thousand people have completed, a thousand studios have completed in I think seven countries across the world called Facebook Ads for Studios. Then we started an agency and now Studio Suite. When we started the agency, we, we realized there's not very good software in the niche, especially on the marketing and, and lead tracking side of the business. And so, you know, studios were coming to us saying, hey, we're getting leads, but we don't have a way to make sure that they enroll. They're slipping through the cracks. And so we developed Studio Suite really as a marketing tool and a sales CRM. And then the, the vision and the reason it's called Studio Suite is because next and even currently behind the scenes, we're working on class management to make Studio Suite the first all-in-one class marketing and studio management software. So I promised I was going to give you the short version. And believe it or not, that <laughs> is the short version. But that's, I mean, that's me from the time I was nine to where I am today. And at the time of this podcast interview, I'm 30. So there's 21 years of my life for you, Casey. <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you. That's, I'm very impressed. <laughs> so... I, I know Robin and I are very excited to learn more about Studio Suite and all of the things that you've got kind of bubbling on the, on the burner here. Um, I do use it, yeah. So I know, but I am also interested in hearing him talk more about it because sometimes I feel like I don't understand it because not because, <laughs> it's, not because it's too complicated, but because my front desk person, Kathy, knows it. She uses it. So, And does Kathy like it? She's the one we hear from all the time. And then, and then I get a text from Robin. How does this work at 11 o'clock at night? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Robin. Um, she does like it. And it, Austin's people are very helpful when, when we have um, questions or, or things come up. They're very responsive. Um, the customer service is top notch. That's well, thank you. awesome. Can I, can I actually, can I give a tip on that? Because I feel like just to give somebody a nugget, I, I realized that the best customer service, I had this realization like a few weeks ago, the best customer service is not responding to people's questions. It is first and foremost, able to discern what they really want. Mm -hmm. And then even if the answer is no, not telling them no, but getting them to the end result some other way. Yeah. And, and third, and most importantly, like I told my people the other day, I said, guys, I think instead of us calling ourselves customer service agents, let's call ourselves customer success. Like that, let's rename the department because really what we're trying to do is help our customers be successful. We're trying yes. to coach them and lead them. And I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe that will help somebody like simply, sometimes simply responding to like a billing inquiry when a parent emails in, right? It's, it's not enough just to respond these days. Like even if they owe you money, you've still got to make them feel good about it, <laughs> which is a really hard <laughs> yes. thing to do, right? Oh my it's, God, seriously. <laughs> How yeah. easy is it for them to just go out and post on social if you, you know, write a bad email? So Right. Yeah, yes. But I really like what you just said. That just kind of like made, made a little light bulb go off in my head. You said when you get an inquiry from a parent, a customer service inquiry, um, figure out what it is that they really are asking. For example, if they say, could you please explain, help me understand my bill? That might really mean I'm feeling like I'm paying a lot of money and I might need to streamline you know, like when you call your cable company and you're like, yeah, can you explain what all these, you know, line items are? So sometimes um, that that's really insightful, Austin, 
um, just to be like, okay, what, it, what is she getting at? Or um, can we talk about, um, I don't know, my, my child's placement? Maybe that means my child is not feeling challenged or my child is complaining about going to dance now. So that's really insightful. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, we were just yeah. talking about this last night in our Wind Down Wednesday call. Um, Karen, who we all love and admire, who she's had her studio for how many years? Robin, do you remember? A lot, like 40 A years. lot. <laughs> She's very experienced and she was talking about how um, when when parents come to her with issues or problems, the best way to handle it is just to ask questions and not to immediately respond yeah. with information, but just to ask questions to really understand where they're coming from. So yeah, that's that's yeah. a great point. Casey, you hit it right on the head because what does your doctor do when you you call your doctor, you say, I don't feel well and you go to the doctor and then what do they do? Well, a good doctor asks you questions. <laughs> like I go to a na- I go to a natural doctor, so I don't do. I'm going to sound like such a hippie, but I don't do traditional medicine. I go to a naturopath because I believe a lot of issues can be prevented, based especially as a dancer, being very mindful of my body. I think, mm-hmm. hey, if I change the way I eat, I can change the way I feel. So I don't yes. need a bunch of prescriptions and drugs to make myself feel excited to, for today. For example, maybe I just need to eliminate dairy. Anyways, <laughs> the point is. My point is they, they, you know, my doctors ask a lot of questions and then they're able to give me a solution. And I think sometimes we need to look at ourselves as consultants and coaches um, because again, back to the, the, we joke about being therapists, but sometimes a client needs someone to listen to them. And sometimes if you can do that, then you get their business for life and they refer their friends because you did go above and beyond. And so as much as we joke about it, you, you, you know, as well as I do that sometimes it's actually very helpful to listen more than we talk, which yep. is very hard for me because I like to talk. <laughs> so tell us about the creation of Studio Suite. What did you see? Um, tell us more about like the holes or the need that you saw in the industry that you're trying to fill with this product. Yeah. So when we initially started the agency and even when we had the course, so the evol- evolution timeline was we launched the course at the time, there's 400. At the time of starting the agency, 400 and some people had completed the uh, course. We started the agency. We had over 120 people in there, and we were hearing the same problems between the two. Whether it was a self-study course or an on-demand service, we were hearing people say, "I'm I'm getting a lot of leads, but a uh, or number one, I I'm using a lot of tools and I'm a little subscription fatigued." Second, they didn't have a way to track the leads on the back end. So maybe they book a lead for a trial through a Google form or a lead page. But think about how many things can happen to that prospect. They can book and then not show up. They can book and cancel. They can book and show up and not enroll. They can book and show up and enroll. And so there's all these variables that you know another business might not otherwise have. For example, I always use the example of a car wash because there's a, a really a big car wash chain called Club Car Wash. That's like the jam here right now. Everybody's all about it. Well, they're selling car washes. So it's like so simple. So so my point is the metric is either they get the car washed or they don't. It's very simple. But our prospects, we have a very complex customer journey. And then on top of that, we might have kids trying two classes or kids trying one or kids signing up for the wrong class, all of which has to be considered in the marketing. So there was really just not a good system around that process, or it was clunky because they were tying together a bunch of tools. And then the third thing that we're trying to solve right now is taking that conversion from enrollment to the marketing side, because 
and, and making that more trackable, 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 <laughs> making it more trackable from a bird's eye view, right? Because if you're using a bunch of tools on the marketing and sales side of your business, even if you do have a good system uh, to track leads, you don't have a way for the management to talk to the marketing. And so you can't do things like when a spot's filled on the management side of your business or someone actually enrolls, you can't remove that spot from the marketing campaign. You can't stop the follow-up without going in and tagging somebody or clicking a button. And additionally, there's no reporting right now around how the marketing is directly impacting the management because there's not an all-in-one system. So you can't look from a bird's eye view and go, oh, we spent $1,000 on marketing last month or 5,000 and this is what it yielded in terms of enrollments because there's a gap between the systems. So, so that's why we're really passionate about not just solving like surface level problems, but really deep problems that will help people run their studio better. Like right now, this, the tool is a marketing tool and a sales CRM. So it helps you fill spots and track potential students so they don't slip through the cracks. But when we have the class management, how we're going to talk about it is that it helps you grow and run your studio smarter. Because how many times have you got to, let's just say Christmas breaks coming up. If you were to look across enrollment right now, I bet you have gaps. You have empty spots, right? Oh, yeah. How, what, <laughs> what if the system was able to remind you of that and then recommend a marketing campaign oh for you God. to launch? those spots. That's, see, that's what I'm talking about. When I'm I like say getting spots. goosebumps. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it's a vision. It's a vision right now. We are working on it on the back end. We're actually advising with a group of studio owners to build it because the other problem with software out there, in my opinion, is that um, it's built by a programmer or developer and then constantly reiterated over time based on feedback. Well, right. we want to do the opposite. We want the studio owners to design it and then our developer reiterates it over time yes. based on that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So oh my it, God. The, the hope, and even if you go into studio suite right now, you'll see how seamless the, the user interface is and how there's just so much white space and it's, it's optimized for mobile and it's optimized for your parents' experience. It's very easy for them to use and for you to use on the back end. And, and above all else... <laughs> Based, believe it or not, the biggest piece of feedback we hear is that software in the dance space is ugly. It's and so people ugly. Want something, oh people my want God. Something beautiful. Listen, I'll just say it. I use a studio director and I've been using them for years because I, I mean, I like the capabilities of the, of the software. The, really the reporting is really good. Um, the, the connection to QuickBooks is something that I, that's really important for me, but God Damn, if it is not the ugliest piece of software I have ever seen. Like, is it 1996 right now? What is happening? <laughs> what can I tell you? So just to, just to not, not discount them too much, it, it's actually something that would require them to probably rebuild it. Um, right. Out, out of, outside of the window of my office here, I'm in downtown, um, kind of just outside of Kansas City. And there's a bunch of old buildings and sometimes the buildings get so old that they end up just tearing them down and they're putting in new ones. And that's kind of what we're seeing the trend right now. Now, other buildings have been here for, you know, decades, but they're able to remodel them. And so for most of the software in the space, it's at that point where it would require a demolition or what is called a software total redesign uh, from wow. the ground up. And so the advantage that you have as a young software company 
is that kind of like a young child, right? You can bring people in around you, mentors in around you and kind of mold that child into a great leader. I believe that's what dance does, right? And software is kind of the same thing. When you're a very light solution or young solution, you don't have to constantly reiterate and start over. It's very mm -hmm. modular. It's like Legos where you're just stacking stacking Legos on top of each other. And then you ultimately get the grand vision, which is that all-in-one solution. Right. So, you know, I, I do think that, studio director and Jackrabbit, and even in the feedback that we receive from our, our users, they do have very valuable um, features, but it's just that we're trying to, you know, create the all-in-one solution and close that gap between marketing and, and, and operations. Um, Austin, can you just very clearly explain um, what it is that your, that Studio Suite is doing now in case anyone wanted to um, jump on and use your, your system as it is now. Like it, I just, yeah. what does it do? From a marketing perspective, if you go to the website, you'll see that it says, fill your spots, not your to-do list, fill empty spots, not your to-do list. So what that really means is it's a marketing tool and a sales CRM. So it helps you generate leads, book trials and track potential students until they enroll. And when they enroll your mat, your management system, Currently, your management system is tied into Studio Suite and it picks up that student and they enroll at, let's just say, $65 a month in one class, right? So that's kind of the, the short version of what it does. So it's like, because um, this is my understanding of it, which is very superficial because, again, I'm not in the weeds with it. But if I'm making a, um, an event, let's say we're having a frozen, um, a frozen dance party or something like that, um, mm -hmm. I will tell Kathy to make to set it up in Studio Suite and it produces like a landing page. And so there's an image. It's like Austin was saying, it looks really pretty. It's a lot of white. There's the image, there's the description of the event. And it says um, how much, you know, it, there's a button that says enroll now in the <clears throat> event. It can also be a trial class. There's also a whole list of trial classes that people can enroll in as like a one-time event. Then once uh, someone um, clicks on that, they enter the minimal information. So it's better than, in my opinion, it's better than having them register uh, like a one-time person register in, directly into our software, which is Dance Studio Pro, where then they have to enter like so much information and it's almost daunting. And, and sometimes I think people are like, ah, forget it. So by, go, by using Studio Suite, they enter name, email address, age, just the, the basics, and then um, they get automatically put into my email system, which is which could be Drip or ConvertKit. Well, ConvertKit needs a little bit of helping hand, I think. But um, yeah, so that happens, right? And then so once someone comes in and wants to do the trial or do the event, and then we want to lead them to registering for a class, then we have some of their information. We just collect the, the different, the rest of the information, and then off they go into Dance Studio Pro. Is that accurate? Yeah. And so I think that's a really good example of, you know, you've got empty spots right now in, in Dance Studio Pro or in your enrollment. So you put together this Frozen Friends event to try to attract that segment of students, and then you invite them to enroll later. And so what Studio Suite effectively does is it, you know, the old way was you go into lead pages or you go into click funnels, you go into Drip, you go into Zapier, you tie all these tools together. And what it does is you simply put in Frozen Friends, 20 spots, $35 this day and time, and it generates the entire marketing funnel for you. 
And then in your case, Robin, it drops them into ConvertKit. We have a direct integration with Drip, which is the email tool you're referencing. But it goes a little bit further than tools like lead pages and Calendly and Acuity because it's also got the backend lead management. So at any time, if you're wondering, okay, you know, little little three-year-old Katie came to that Frozen Friends party. Did she end up enrolling in Dance Studio Pro? It tracks that, right? Because you can mark a prospect enrolled and you'll know whether or not that marketing campaign effectively brought more students and therefore you're smarter, you, you become a smarter marketer. You know, additionally, there's the, all the integrations like with Facebook ads and Instagram ads and Google. So you're able to track if you're running a Facebook ad and you spent, you know, a hundred bucks to promote this Frozen Friends event, which was strategically targeting these empty spots in Dance Studio Pro, you know, if I spent that money, you know, was it worth it? And how many leads did I actually get from the Facebook ad? How many people did it reach versus click versus signed up? So it's very like, it's, it's, it's built for a basic user, but we're talking like mastery level here because I never want to just teach somebody marketing. I want to help them get to a level, like level up, you know? So we, we really did build it out as, it, as if you are an advanced digital marketer, but the cool thing is you can just go through step-by-step and start out very basic by adding your classes and offering trials and then get into the more advanced integrations like ConvertKit and Drip and Facebook Pixel and all that later. So um, yes, that was an, I hope I answered your question, but yes, Robin, that's a great example, but simply one way really that it helps you fill spots. So Austin did my website and on my website, there's um, an option that says trial. And when you click on it, this whole menu of classes that are open for a free trial um, populate and you can just very easily see, and it's cute because it's got a little image and it's got, you know, the, the day and time and whatever. And then it, it, it just makes it more streamlined and easy for the, for the parent. We want to reduce any and all friction through the parent making a commitment. And in this case, it's a micro commitment to just come for the trial. And also was eliminate my need for lead pages. So I was able to, um, dump lead pages, no offense to lead pages, but I don't need them anymore. Um, and so that was one subscription I was able to check off the box. Yeah. I've been using Calendly for my trial class signups and, and I like Calendly because it's so easy on the parent end for them to sign up. It's You just answer a few questions and click the time and then you're in. But it requires a lot more work on my end because then I have to take it from Calendly and add it to my calendar and then add it to Studio Director and then follow up and, the, you know, like all these different steps. So it's because it's not integrated, but it is a more streamlined experience for the parent. So, yes. and I think what, what those tools, what a booking tool in general does well is it does exactly what Amazon has trained our customers to do, which is be able to just click a few buttons and get to where we want to go, right? If I want to go to Amazon, I log in, I've got my username and password saved. I log in, I search for something, one click, it's on its way. And, and so when you, when you look at Studio Suite, another thing that's different than Calendly is instead of having a big long list of classes with empty spots, Parents will answer questions when they get to the landing page, and then it shows them the content on the page changes based on what's relevant to that parent. So if they say, I have a three-year-old and I can come on Monday, it'll spit out whatever's available. And if it doesn't show anything, you can say, you know, please call us or something like that. Oh, that's great. Uh, so it's almost like a flow chart to take them to the appropriate class. Again, yeah, because like with Studio Suite, it's a simple customer journey. If you're interested, book a demo. 
But if, but with a dance studio, it's like book a trial. Oh, wait, how old's your kid? When can you come? What right. classes do you want to take? Yeah. Oh, you have two kids? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. So you've got to consider that all of those things, that's what differentiates it from Calendly because Calendly is actually what we use to book our demos. But it, you know, there's so many more variables that it doesn't consider as a booking tool. Right. And that's how, you know, at least the front end of Studio Suite's a little different. Oh, that's so exciting. All right, well, let's take a quick break and we will be right back with Austin Robertson. Are you looking for a new way to streamline your business and simplify your life? We use Kajabi in our dance studios to help us stay organized, streamlined, and to save us money. Kajabi is an all-in-one platform with everything right at your fingertips. There's no need for multiple programs. Your email provider, web hosting services, automation, landing page, sales cart, and so much more are all in one place. With everything in one program, you can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. Get rid of all those programs and platforms that collectively cost you way more than what you would pay for a year in Kajabi. You can start your membership site or create new products to have a passive stream of income in your business. Go to dancestudioownerconnect.com slash kajabi to learn more and to start your free trial. Again, it's dancestudioownerconnect.com slash k-a-j-a-b-i to start your free trial today. All right, we are back with Austin Robertson talking about his product Studio Suite, but I do want to shift gears a little bit here and just talk about um, as a marketing expert, can we call you a marketing expert? Sure, I don't mind. Great. <laughs> so as a specifically a dance studio marketing expert, I'm sure that you see a lot of do's and don'ts in the industry and a lot of a lot of missteps that studio owners are making because, you know, I mean, everybody gets into this business because of their love of dance and their love of the arts, not necessarily because of their love of marketing and, you know, social media. So what are you seeing um, especially now during COVID, what are some missteps and mistakes that you're seeing studio owners make? Yeah, I'm actually pulling up my notes and nobody can see me, but this is I'm, I, my next training. I'm actually talking about this. And, and for me, the big thing is it, it's very simple. When we we're creative entrepreneurs, that's what I've, you know, I've tagged studio owners and, and even myself as, because what did we, what did I grow up doing? I grew up learning a bunch of different routines and then how to really execute those routines well, which made me a bit arguably of a perfectionist. But then I had another routine and another routine and another costume. And, it, you know, it was great, but, but we can't apply the same principles to marketing. Marketing really is an experiment from which we're looking for a replicable or repeatable, therefore scalable result. And so if you look at Facebook ads, for example, the mistake that people make is they do one campaign, it either does or doesn't go well. Let's say it goes super well. Let's say it doesn't go well. What do you think they do? The average person, and this goes for any type of marketing campaign, the average person dumps the idea and moves on. And it's a huge mistake because what I love about digital marketing versus paper marketing or you know, newspaper, print, all that stuff is that you actually get feedback. So you put an ad out, you spend 50 to $100, and you're going to figure out a few things. Did it reach the right people? Did they click? Did they click and convert to a lead? Did they click and not convert? Okay, let, let's say we got a bunch of clicks and we reached the right people, but they're not booking trials or they're not signing up for our special enrollment offer. They're not taking us up on our mini session, whatever it might be. Why? 
right? That becomes the deeper question. And so when people come to me and I'm just using Facebook ads as an, as an example, but people come to me and say, well, my Facebook ad's not working. The pro level mastery mindset behind that is, well, let's see exactly what's not working. And I think that if we dump the idea before we get to that level of discernment, then it could have actually been great and effective, but we dumped it too soon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that with just specifically talking about Facebook ads, it's so confusing. And I, I don't know about you, Robin, but when I go to make a Facebook ad, I'm like, uh, sure, we'll do, we'll try this today. Uh, yeah, why not that? Why not that? You know, demographic. Uh, I don't know. Uh, twenty five dollars. Sure, whatever. And <laughs> and because it's constantly change, they're constantly changing the way that it's. Yeah that it that it works and the way that it's set up and the way that you set it up it's mm-hmm. like i i mean my theory and i'm sure you have more insight into this is that facebook constantly changes it to make it as complicated as possible so that you spend more just money than you. you need to just because they know casey's using it and they really just want to make it complicated <laughs> no it you know it, it it what makes it complex i told this i was on a another uh call the other day it was a guest um it was coaching, not a podcast, but this person asked me, you know, to, to help with their Facebook ads. And I, and I feel like what, what they were actually caught up on is the, the fact that there's so many different ways to do it. But the reality is that as far as I'm concerned, there's only one way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that one way to do it is you go into ads manager, you optimize for conversions and you track the purchase behavior you're trying to achieve, or excuse me, you track the conversion behavior you're trying to achieve. That might be a purchase. That might be a lead. If you're Amazon or you're selling stuff on Shopify, that might be add to cart. Whatever your metric is, your conversion, right? That word gets used so ambiguously. I mean, a conversion could be somebody we reached and then they clicked. It could be somebody who clicked and signed up as a lead or somebody who clicked and added to cart, somebody who clicked and purchased all of those are conversions, but you've got to track from, a, again, mastery level here has taught us to track the specific conversion we're after. So creative suite and link clicks and lead ads and all that stuff that's fun that the creative entrepreneur wants to try are not necessarily effective. And I don't mean don't try it because, hey, you can. But like when you come on board with Studio Suite right now with COVID kind of resurging, we're offering what we call a COVID relief package. So when you pay for the year in advance, we give you two months free and one Facebook ad. And how we would set up that Facebook ad is we would go into your account and we would go into your ads manager, not on your page. We would do some targeting research and figure out how to target effectively. We then build a campaign. We say we're going to track for leads. We connect the audience to the campaign and then we build the ad so that the audience sees the ad. But what we're looking for are three important metrics. How many people did we reach? How many people clicked? And how many people became, let's just say, a trial booking, a lead, right? And so we're looking for 5% of the people that we reached to click and 20% of the people who clicked to convert to a lead or a trial. And so again, you know, that's kind of a a whole nother mistake, uh, Casey, to your point of what are the big, you know, obstacles or mistakes. I think it's just overwhelming when you get in there. But if you know what you're looking for and aiming at, then you can ignore all that. It's kind of like, why do they put the blinders on the horse in the race? So they don't see all the other horses because <laughs> they might get spooked. <laughs> I just thought of that on the fly. Pretty good analogy though, right? You get in there and you're like, crap, I don't know how to do any of this. Yeah. And so 
but it's true, right? And, and I know I've seen studio owners over and over and over again on Zoom calls suffer from that. Like, it's almost like a paralysis. Right. Like, ah, I don't know. I'll click that button. Oh, this yeah. is cool. Let me uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll do this later. Yeah, <laughs> that's me sometimes. I, I well, actually have anxiety and I, I, it's on my to-do list every day. <laughs> and it's like... I'm not ready. I got to check. Not ready. <laughs> I got to vacuum first. I got to brush my, my, my strategy yeah. is to hand it off to someone else. I have now delegated all my Facebook ads to someone else. And I said, listen, you figure it out because it's too much for me. And if I, if I do it myself, it won't get done. If I delegate it to somebody else, it might be, you know, not perfect, but at least it gets done. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, one reason we're moving away and I've been transparent about this with our clients. One reason we're moving away from retainers is because we really feel like with where Facebook ads are moving now, studio suites, 99 a month, but on the services side, like the agency side, we're moving more towards an a la carte model where you can kind of buy what you want when you want it. And the reason we're doing that is because the way to be effective is to create a campaign and then you try to scale it. So you try to hit those key performance indicators I mentioned and then it's like rinse and repeat, right? Just wring out the sponge until you get as many leads as you possibly can. There will be a point when it stops working, at which I would recommend, and I know the conversation's gone towards Facebook ads, but then you kind of duplicate the ad set to trick the um, algorithm or the fancy thing that's actually controlling Facebook or the world possibly. Um, <laughs> but you, you duplicate that and then um, that kind of resets the reach and it starts over and it kind of reaches the same people you're targeting and tries to go through and optimize again. And so what we're looking for again is not a Facebook ad. We're looking for a replicable marketing system that mm. yields a predictable result every time. Mm. And that is, that's what winning looks like. It does not look like trying the 700 ways you can create Facebook ads, doing five new campaigns every month. It's very different from posting on your page where you kind of have this anxiety that you always have to keep up. Is that, you know what I'm saying? It's oh, yes. different because you're doing one campaign and even if it doesn't initially work, you can see how close you are to that 5% click-through rate and that 20% conversion rate. And you can keep optimizing towards those key performance indicators. And then once you have a winning campaign, that's generating leads. Let's say you're charging 10 bucks for a trial and you're getting leads through ads manager for $14. Well, you're effectively generating trial bookings for $3 a piece because you're yeah. charging or $4 a piece because you're charging 10 bucks. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. be happy with that and spend more money. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. All right. So Austin, where can people find you and find Studio Suite? Uh, get studiosuite.com and that's sweet like a product suite, not sweet like a cookie. So get <laughs> studiosuite.com. If you go to studiosuite.com, that is an architecture software. We actually had somebody book a demo and they showed up and they're like, he, the guy's like going through the demo and, and she's like, wait a minute. So this isn't for dance studios. <laughs> and so they actually, they actually reached out and said, Hey, we're going to do a better job of, of deciphering that on our end. Can you do the same? And so I, I am just letting you know it's not studiosuite.com. That's, That's so like funny. A, I don't know, an architecture planning firm software or something. So it's oh get, God, I it. get studiosuite.com in front of that <laughs> and you can go there and book a demo. That's great. Awesome. All right. Well, before we go, we like to share something that has made our hearts happy. Robin, you want to kick us off? Did I tell you about my closet? No, but I saw you post something about it and I'm very excited to hear more. 
So um, long story short, we years ago did some renovations to our house when we moved in and we never really finished my walk-in closet. So it was basically like um, clothing racks, like costume racks from the studio and stuff and all my clothes and stuff in bins. And you don't really know what you have when your closet is unorganized. So um, Wally had some extra wood that we found in the garage because, you know, we're on the COVID budget nowadays. So um, I couldn't wrap my head around how I wanted the shelving to be designed because there was this window in the middle of the room. So we ended up like erasing the window and putting a whole new wall and then these built-in cabinets with nice trim. And my husband is good at building stuff and from, from a utilitarian perspective, but he's not like a real artisan. And, you know, he doesn't doesn't do like the fine detail oh, work. Wally that. Well, he knows, he knows. Um, <laughs> but I told him, I was like, you really need to try to make this look like Pinterest because this is my, my sample picture. And he worked so hard and he, you know, there was one part where the trim didn't really match up. He was so frustrated and he was like caulking and sanding. And he's like, I hope that this is okay. Anyway, it turned out great. I got all new hangers that match and don't put the little po pokey thing in your shoulders. And now I have all oh, these new clothes. Yeah that aren't really new, but now I know what I have and oh. I can see it. And every time I walk in there, I just feel so glamorous. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah. So that's good. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Uh, all right, Austin, what's made your heart happy? Well, this is what comes to mind and this isn't, you know, as glorious as glamorous as a, as a new closet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, in a time like this, it's very easy to feel like a lot is happening to you. Mm. And, and I really encourage people to, to just keep chugging along because there will be, in my opinion, a time where you go, I'm glad that happened for me. And I've had many of those moments recently, which is weird with the pending election results and the rising COVID cases. And there's all these things in the world that can make us uncertain and scared. But remember, you get to decide how you respond to it, right? And, and my business coach the other day, he said, hey, Austin, I got to run. I hope you have a great day. Because remember, after all, that is your choice. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, oh, shoot. I said, I thought the <laughs> Lord just came down and spoke to me, right? He said, he said that and I was like, wow, but how true is that? And so I've just been operating this week with that mindset, I just want to encourage, you know, someone else on the, that's listening to this to really try to do the same. It's difficult, but what if this was happening for you, not to you? And remember, it's up to you to decide how your day is going to go and how you respond throughout the day. That's good. That's, that's good. great. Um, so let's see. I, oh, so at my studio, we are, we just launched our um, National Honor Society of Dance Arts chapter at our studio. And something that they do every year is Love Your Body Week. And so we are doing different body positivity and like self-esteem building activities in every single class at every age, including our itty bitties and our adults. And it has been just so wonderful and lovely and just seeing all these kids talk about what they love about themselves and what they love about each other mm. is just so beautiful so beautiful and the feedback from parents has been really amazing very lots of appreciation lots of like oh my god I wish I had had this when I was a young dancer you know that sort of thing so just really great it's been really wonderful 
uh, when I was teaching on a convention called Dance Revolution, this little girl was in my class and the class was moving and I was up on stage teaching. The class was moving back and forth doing the choreography and she's just standing there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this poor kid. So I go up to her and I said, hey, what's going on? And she's like, well, the, you know, some of the, some of the kids are at my studio are bullying me. And I said, right now, and this is like live to the whole class. And I'm like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do, everybody. We're going to reverse, this is called reverse bullying. Anyone who said something poorly gets to now give a compliment. <laughs> and I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, it really just pissed me off to be honest. So I was just responding in the moment. Right. And this, it broke this little girl down it to the point where she to, still today, her mother messages me and says, I'm so thankful for that moment, you know, and she just, her mom checks in with me, but, but basically that girl just stuffed. She, she would hear these things and she'd stuff it down and stuff it down. She, it's crazy to think that a kid might not ever have another kid compliment them. Yeah. Right. But they're not going to say anything. They're not probably going to speak up about that type of thing. So I, I'm so glad you're doing that. I want to encourage you to keep doing that because that, you know, I, I even had a moment where I saw a similar result where it's just like, it blew people away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That's all I got. <laughs> it's good. Well, that was a nice high note to end on. Yeah. You guys, I am so honored to be here. Thank you. And if you're not a part of DSO Connect, I always joke with Robin because she always comments um, on my stuff. I always reply to her and I say, subscribe to Robin's podcast. <laughs> because... <laughs> I don't, I, just, I don't know why it's a running joke or how it even started, Robin, but you know, this really is a great podcast. I've been kind of just once in a while checking in on what you guys are doing. So I think you guys are adding a lot of value for studio owners. And so on behalf of the industry, I guess, thanks for the, thanks for the invite. Thanks for the contribution back to the arts. Cause we need it oh, now. Thank more you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think, I don't know, doing this podcast has been really good for me just to keep me motivated and, and active and, yeah, yeah. There, there's a reason that isolation is a punishment, in, 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 <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, thank God I get to see somebody else's face today. Seriously, no kidding. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Thank well, thank you again so much. And we'll be back again next time. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.